I was quite a sick child when I was at nursery and my mother sort of got it into a stage where she was quite desperate, she didn't know what to give me anymore. I had all the antibiotics and everything and I just wasn't getting better and one day when she was in a queue um, someone mentioned this amazing herbalist was also a doctor in Romania and she, she took me there and that was my first uh, experience, you know, taking herbal medicine, actually getting better and it, it was, it just worked, worked a treat. It had such a huge impact on our family and later on as well. That was Ulia from the Herbalist Natural Care who joins us on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us. Um, the weather is really, really nice, uh, which is fantastic. Brilliant gardening weather. Um, and I'm recording this intro just before what we're promised to be 30 degrees. So a lot of watering cans and hoses out. Uh, for the garden definitely we're right in the middle of the show season uh, so when this goes out uh, we would have just finished setting up Chatsworth Flower Show which is as you can imagine fantastic setting really really nice place to have a flower show so if you are going to go to a flower show this year Chatsworth well worth going to Um, really really nice Um, and I think you can go around the house at the same time as well Uh, so definitely worth worth a visit um, even maybe a trip up um, so yeah, on the podcast today, like I said, well, I'm joined by Ulia. I hope I uh, pronounced that correctly. Um, and she's a, a natural herbalist. Um, and we talk things, all herbs, um, and really get into uh, how she uses herbs, her life in plants and, and everything in between, really. So without further ado, let's start the podcast. Hi, you're listening to Plants and Me, the podcast that is all about plants, gardening, and the people who are passionate about them with your host, Alan Lodge. So welcome to the podcast, Yulia. Hello. Hello. Really nice of you to join us. Very nice. It's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me, Alan. No problem at all. We were talking just before we hit record. The weather's quite nice with you. It's lovely and sunshine. Yes, spring is definitely here. That's what we want, definitely. So tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do. So I'm a medical herbalist. I'm based in uh, Gravesend, Kent and Rochester as well. Um, So that means I have a degree in herbal medicine and I see patients, one-to-one consultations, usually all sorts of conditions, and then I make um, herbal medicines for them. Hmm. Okay. And how did you end up doing that? So I'm originally from Romania, as you might know, and I always loved nature. Uh, You know, I actually grew up in the city, but I was very fortunate to to spend my summertime in the countryside, you know, with people who used herbs a lot in their cooking and for medicine, you know, quite poor people who perhaps they couldn't afford to go and visit a doctor as often as, you know, we were fortunate to be able to hear perhaps. and I was quite a sick child when I was at nursery and my mother sort of got it into a stage where she was quite desperate. She didn't know what to give me anymore. I had all the antibiotics and everything and I just wasn't getting better. And one day when she was in a queue, um, someone mentioned this amazing herbalist was also a doctor in Romania and she, she took me there and that was my first uh, experience, you know, taking herbal medicine, actually getting better and it, it was, it just worked work mm. to treat it's such a huge impact on our family and later on as well okay and interesting enough um uh just to jump straight in the questions really when you were actually 
um, taking that. How old were you at that point? So I don't quite remember because I was around three three years old then. I just know the story from my mother. But later on, when I when I was a teenager, um, you know that, that was the first memory I actually remember quite vividly. Um, I used to have this stomach pain. I was quite a stressed, sort of anxious um, child, you know, at school. And um, we we went there again, and it was just so so amazing, you know, all the smells from all the herbs, the you know, the bread they were making there as well. Um, it just it, it was such a beautiful apothecary, and I remember she gave me lemon balm tea. That was one of, one of the main remedies, and I'm actually drinking this today. Um, and it just, you know, literally from from the next day after I had the tea, my, my pain was pretty much gone. And, um, you know, it was such such a big, uh, it had such a big influence that I, I decided, you know, I, you know, I need to study this. I wanted to help people mm. in the same way. Mm. And are herbal remedies and natural remedies more uh, more mainstream in Romania than they are in the UK? It's quite different in the sense um, that people do, do treat themselves more and you can sort of go to a shop and, you know, buy remedies for arthritis and it will say arthritis on it, whereas you, obviously, you know, here we have more regulations mm. um, and you, you do have to be quite careful with certain herbs. So, yeah, they, they do use herbs a lot, but I think um, the profession is quite different over there, you know. Mm. And you're trained, um, you studied and you did your degree in Western herbal medicine as well. Is, is that, um, it, forgive me, Western herbal medicine, is there also an Eastern herbal medicine degree? Yes, yes. So, right. um, um, yeah, back in 2011, I moved to the UK to, to study herbal medicine. And um, so the main difference, I guess, the Eastern medicine tends to be Chinese medicine, Um which, you know, combines more sort of energetic principles and acupuncture perhaps, and the herbs are quite different themselves. But Western Western herbal medicine is is the original herbal medicine that has been, you know, going on in, even in England. Think of Culpeper um, for, for many, many years. And it's, it is about using local herbs and also... Um, the difference is in our training, we, we're training the law of diagnostic skills similar to to training of a GP and we do you know we take blood pressure we do physical examinations um, analyze blood test results and you know that that sort of comes on the western side of it okay and you you're you've got a practice in Gravesend have you got a place that people can visit Yes, yes. So we, we have a lovely clinic there. Um, we used to be based on the same street in a smaller place. And about a year or two ago, we moved into a much bigger space. And um, it's a few di- different therapists sharing it. So it's osteopaths, um, counsellors, for massage therapists. We have a gym as well. Um, so, yeah, we, we were very much keen to, to be able to provide a truly you know, holistic treatment to our patients and quite often, you know, someone who suffers from, let's say, like arthritis or, you know, musculoskeletal issues, they will benefit from both seeing um, a herbalist and getting physical therapy at the same time. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, if you take arthritis as as a 
uh, as an example, um, and I walk into your clinic, um, I'm sure we have an appointment or something like that, walk <laughs> into your clinic and say, I've got arthritis on uh, on my knees, for example. Yes. Um, how does how does that work? You you know what herbs, or is it different for each person? How how does that work? Okay, so you can literally just pop in our clinic as well. We do have receptionist, so she will sort of okay. guide you a bit. And, and all of us do offer free sort of um, short initial consultations just to have a chat, really, literally to, to learn more about what you're going through and let you know how we can help. Obviously, it can be something quite new for a lot of people who haven't seen perhaps a complementary therapist before. <clears throat> um, yes, so, you know, if arthritis... I would always make sure it's that I know whether it's osteoarthritis or rheumatoid arthritis, depending on the tests that patients have had or history as well. You know, the most common is the osteoarthritis, a sort of wear and tear, and especially with gardeners, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm so, the worst of both, actually, because I'm a gardener and a runner. Right, <laughs> yes, yeah, so a lot of pressure on, on the yeah. knees as well. Um, you do, you know, you do need to use some sort of, painkiller ideally natural so you know turmeric for instance is one that i would use quite often and i would say the most effective way to take turmeric in my experience is um either in curries Mm. where you where you use you know you've got a heat component you need a fat component and some black pepper or ginger to really activate the curcumin inside um, so that's that's the traditional way in Ayurvedic medicine. You know, Indian people have lots of curries, and that is very healthy. Or there's this golden paste. I don't know if you've heard about it. Where I have, yeah. Yes, yes. So I, I do. You know, it's not. Yeah, often I do say to patients, you know, I, I do sell these turmeric capsules I make myself. But if you can make this golden paste yourself, it's even better, <laughs> because um, I say it, when you do warm up the turmeric with with the oil it just um, makes it so much more potent and there is a recipe on my group um but if you've seen my facebook group it's called herbal medicine healthy living and there are lots of recipes there and um yeah excellent we'll put a link onto onto the show notes for that actually i was going to say is there a link we could find so you you beat me to it um and the that particular one uh, how is that used um so the golden paste you mean Hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah, so you can literally take it as as a tablet. So if you do freeze it in you know tiny blobs, then um, you can just swallow it as a tablet, or you can add hot water to it and drink it that way, or you can add it to cooking, whichever way you get it in, into it, really. <laughs> okay, interesting. Um, but we, with turmeric, we do have to be cautious because it is a blood thinner as well, and it does interact with quite a few medications. So if if someone is taking um you know medication from the doctor they do need to consult with the medical herbalist or their health practitioner um just to make sure it's safe for them hmm. and in your experience when people come and see you is it after um perhaps traditional medicine they've been down the route of traditional medicine and that hasn't really worked for them or is it a first port of call for people so i think it's it's half and half fortunately um it used to be more that I would see, you know, really um, desperate cases perhaps where they have been down the mainstream medicine route for years and, and they, they're really still suffering and they just don't know what to, to do anymore and they end up 
um, you know, trying something new or someone mentions, you know, have you seen this herbalist? But recently as well, I think people are opening up more to, you know, sort of lifestyle medicine and understanding that really the answer for staying healthy is, you know, good, a healthy diet and including herbs in our life. So a bit of both, yes. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and do you, uh, have you got a garden at home? I have just moved recently a few months ago to, to a place that has a lovely garden. Well, it will become one. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we are focusing on the internal renovation first and then I can't wait to finally plant plant my seeds. Have you, because um, you obviously you've looked out, so I looked out the window doing a bit of washing up or something. Have you started getting some plans in your mind? Yes, yes, it definitely. I'm quite keen to planting herbs I can use. Um I just, it's just something personal. There's so many herbs that, you know, also act as pollinators and they're pretty as well, but you can also use medicinally. So why not choose those? Hmm. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I think maybe some marigolds at the front and um, definitely some lemon balm hmm. and maybe some California poppy. That's just so beautiful and it's so great for anxiety and insomnia. Mm. Okay, I didn't know that. How oh, interesting. You mentioned lemon verbena, a couple, uh, sorry, lemon balm a couple of times. Um, you've got a tea there. Are you, are you, because I, I have to, I have lemon balm tea, but yes. I don't drink it for any particular reason. I drink it because I like it. It's nice. Um, it tastes nice, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, yes. So, what are the actual benefits I'm getting, even though that wasn't why I was drinking it? Yes, yes, it's, you might not know, you know, sometimes yeah. you're attracted to, to certain herbs that, um, might benefit you. So lemon balm, Melissa officinalis, um, it's a wonderful herb for anxiety and also indigestion when it's due to stress. A lot of people, you know, they get nervous perhaps before exams or, um, you know, just sort of IBS conditions really benefits from, from lemon balm. Uh, it's just a really, really calming herb it doesn't make you sleepy as such it's just um you know takes takes the edge off anxiety which a lot of mm. people are suffering with nowadays maybe that's why i like it <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it does sort of have a have an effect on the thyroid gland as well so it's quite calming for the thyroid as well um that's one way to, uh, in which it works oh interesting and when you're making it are you making it from fresh leaves or dried leaves Fresh leaves is always best, I think, especially with lemon balm, uh, because it is high in volatile oils. I, I would always cover it with a lid. I don't know if you do that already. Or, you know, if you make it in a cafeteria, it would be sort of covered already. Right. So you don't want the, the volatile oils to escape. Okay. No, I don't. I have to say, I just chuck some leaves in a in a cup. Right. Okay. You'll have to try. Just just put a little plate on, on top of it, and it's it's going to be a different experience. Yes. Um, oh. And I use the tincture um, a lot as well. So this is the most common form of, of herbal medicine that herbalists um, use nowadays. So it's this hydroalcoholic extract um, of the herbs. So it's it's a mix of alcohol and water, and it's sort of macerated for at least two weeks, and it becomes a lot more concentrated. It's it's easier to sort of take. You know, lemon balm tea. You might not always be able to to drink at night time if you don't have to get up um, to go to the toilet, you know, it's not an effective way of taking it. Whereas if you're taking, you know, a teaspoon of the tincture, that's not going to impact on that. And yet you're getting the benefits. 
Yeah. And you're making those yourself? Um, I make some, some tinctures, but mostly I do purchase them from a common medical herbalist supplier in Wales. I know they're organic, most of them, and you know they, they have sustainable principles and um, they, they, you know, they're really good quality. I don't know if I, yeah. I should mention it or not. I don't want to oh, you can mention it. Yeah, no problem at all. So Avicenna is one of our common suppliers, Avicenna. Um, we've got beautiful fields, let's say, in Wales, and we also use organic herb trading for dried mm-hmm. or fresh organic herbs. Yeah. Excellent. And uh, generally, your herbs that you're, you're getting are uh, English-based? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, and I do try to, to use English herbs, you know, Western herbs more so because they just tend to, you know, work better. I do believe that, um, you know, we, we've evolved with nature and herbs have sort of evolved with us. So, um, the herbs that grow locally often will have benefits that we need and medicinal properties that we need. Hmm. Um, it depends, you know, plants have um i just wanted to explain a bit perhaps for those who are a bit more skeptical don't know much about um how herbs work so um plants have obviously they have the this sort of macronutrients if you think of uh, protein carbohydrates fat you know most of the mm-hmm. food we eat um then they have these micronutrients as the vitamins minerals you know if you look at um nettle being high in iron and uh, you know silica magnesium and bits and bobs and then they also have these phytochemicals and this is where the medicine lies um most of the time so these are some chemicals that the plants develop as a reaction to um to threat or to fight disease you know to to Mm. respond to their environment and that's the these chemicals if you think of you know curcumin and turmeric um or uh if we look at meadow sweets with the salicylic acids the, these are the actual medicines inside that have you know antifungal properties or um yeah antiseptic and all sorts hmm. interesting and and when people are are looking into this a question we always ask people is um was there a particular book or a person who inspired you and i'm wondering whether with you it might be your mother but um is there a particular uh, bit of information that you come across that thought oh, yeah right i'm definitely going to do this as a living so i would say it was the the herbalist in romania who was practicing and she was so dedicated to her job um you know she Patients were coming from the opposite side of the country and waiting often, you know, a whole day to be seen and uh, being so grateful. And she, she really made a difference to people's lives. But then also I would like to mention Christopher Headley. Um, he was one of one of my teachers and one of the most amazing herbalists in the UK. Um, he, he just... He had so much love for plants and people, and he had such a gentle, lovely way. Um, I knew I, I wanted to, you know, become the same, really. Hmm. And when people are at home, um, and uh, obviously a lot of people listening to the podcast are gardeners, um, we, we're growers of herbs and things like that. Is there maybe one or two, we've mentioned lemon bar, but maybe one or two herbs that they could grow that they could 
be using straight away, whether it's in food or teas or anything like that, that really, really help Definitely. people? Definitely. There's so many. So sage, sage, you know, garden sage, salvia officinalis. Mm. Um, it's so easy to use in your cooking as well. Also, you can make a herbal tea, you can chew the leaves um, and you can gargle with, with the herbal tea as well. Um, sage is quite high in, in resin, you know, it's quite sticky, I'm sure you know as a gardener. Yeah, yeah. And um, that sort of sticky resin is really helpful for the throat area. Um, so, you know, if you've got a sore throat or sort of gum infections, um, it's really helpful to, to chew on the leaves and to, to drink the tea as well. Um, sage, a lot of women know, is very effective for menopausal hot flashes as well. Um, I would say often people don't take herbs in the right form or in the right dosage because sometimes I hear, you know, uh, women, patients coming to say, you know, I've, oh, I've taken sage from, you know, Holland and Barrett um, and I ask, you know, how, you know, how did you take it? And it was a capsule, but actually sage works best taken as a cold infusion. So you make a herbal tea and then you drink it cold and it's just, oh, wow. it has such a you know, different effect in your body. Mm. So if people were doing that, um, how many uh, how many leaves of sage would you add to, to some water? A bunch of leaves, I would <laughs> a say. Bunch of so leaves. it's quite hard to, to sort of quantify fresh yeah. leaves. Um, but it's not one or two? No, yes. Yeah, so you can use quite a lot. It's, it's more, you know, it has to be palatable, it has to be pleasant to taste, I would say. Um, more is better, usually, with herbal teas are quite gentle. Um, I would say, you know, if you drink two or three cups of um, fresh sage leaves, it has quite a good effect, definitely. Okay, and sage isn't one I've ever had as a tea. Is there anything, in my mind, it's um, it's going to taste uh, too floral for me. Is there anything you can add to it to make it a bit more palatable? It actually tastes quite, um, how do I describe it, maybe a bit bitter or, yeah, right. it's not very floral as such, but I would always add about 10% peppermint or spearmint, so that mm -hmm. definitely helps with, with taste, yeah. Okay, thanks. Some fresh uh, peppermint, mm. And that potentially leads us on to another one. We've got lemon balm, we've got sage, and would you yeah. say uh, peppermint or spearmint is one of the other ones? Yeah. Just before we move on with, with sage, sure, um, yeah. is contraindicated in breastfeeding and sort of pregnancy. So, you know, if you're taking it medicinally, a bit here and there in cooking is fine with most herbs, but um, just something that we need to mention. It's quite drying, so it can dry breast milk, and sometimes you use it for that purpose if, ne if needed or for um, someone who sweats too much. You can use sage for that as well. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah, excellent. Um, and, yeah, peppermint or spearmint, obviously a lot of people don't realise there's a big difference between the two. Mm, mm. Yeah, spearmint always sort of associated with chewing gum, you know, it's, mm. it's just got that, that nice flavour. Um, yeah, we tend to use peppermint more medicinally, so again for, you know, tummy aches, it's brilliant, um, IBS, it's an antispasmodic herb, so it helps to, you know, resolve this sort of spasmal pain in the gut. Um, mm. And it's, it's quite energising as well, I would say, peppermint. Mm, it tastes good. It makes um, other prescription herbs taste better as well. <laughs> I would have said for me, uh, peppermint's a good morning tea. Mm, yes. With um, a bit of licorice, if, if, if 
you like licorice okay. as well, peppermint and licorice. They go really well. I like together. licorice all sorts. I'm not sure. That... <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and these teas, teas are nice, easy things for people to make and stuff like that. Um, when you get on to prescribing the the teachers and sorry, I'm not sure how you say it, is it teachers. Tinctures. Tinctures. Yeah. Um, are they? They're a lot stronger, so do they come with a lot more warning, if if that makes sense? Um, <clears throat> depends which herbs you're using um, and what dosage. Generally, they are more concentrated. You have to be a bit more careful. So yes, herbalists, we, you know, we use um, higher dosages. We, we tend to use, for instance, um, common prescription would be a mix of five herbs and you might take a teaspoon three times a day of a herbal tincture um, mm. or we might you know it could be that dosage taken as a bigger um, shot <laughs> once a day if mm. if it's suitable um yeah a lot of you know a lot of the herbs we use um they because you know they are gentle but can also they can also have um interactions or you know they're not suitable for everyone you really need to know which herbs to use um and some of the strongest painkillers we have, for instance, Jamaican dogwood or, you know, yellow jasmine, these can be very poisonous if you use more than, you know, a certain drop dosage per week. Mm. So, unfortunately, okay. most of these are just available to herbalists, I would hope. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us uh, onto an interesting question. So, there's massive benefits to to Google and and Facebook and stuff like that, but I imagine for for your line of work, there's a lot of dangers as well. So, other than coming to someone like yourself, where can people find out information if they wanted to look into herbal medicine? So, <clears throat> I would say a good way to use Google is to to search for your topic of interest, but then add the term medical herbalist. So, for instance, you know if you're looking for uh, herbs for what should we say? Um, I say arthritis or mm-hmm. uh, I don't know Crohn's disease or all sorts of issues. Then add the term medical herbalist because you're more likely to find an article that has been written by a medical herbalist um, or shared on their website. So it's it's been already um, screened a bit. Also, a very good website, it's a huge database, is um, Henriette Kress, if you've heard of her, Henriette Kress, um, I have, I think yeah. it's dot, dot com, and she's written two lovely books as well, well I'm sure many more are leaving in front of me, um, it's called Practical Herbs, Practical Herbs, Henriette Kress, and that's really good information, you know, easy, easy to use and sort of well-researched. Hmm. Um, and just ask a herbalist, you know, if you if you're not sure about something, we're you know, a bunch of friendly people usually, and even if you do don't necessarily come for a consultation, we'd much rather you ask us regarding you know a safety issue than than sort of self medicate and and. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, I think people can be a little bit sceptical. Um, to be honest, people can be spe- sceptical about going to see a doctor, let alone something that maybe one or two of their friends <laughs> might say. 
Yeah. Sometimes I have to encourage them to, you know, go back to the doctor or go to a doctor, you know, if if there's some warning signs and so yeah, it is about the collaboration and being the right person at the right time. Uh, More questions. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, And uh, lastly, um, just to uh, where can people find out more about yourself? Um, Are you on Instagram and things like that? Yes, I'm. I'm on Instagram as herbalist Julia Barter. Probably the easiest way to remember is going on um, herbalistkent.co.uk, and from there they can you know find my Facebook page and Facebook group and. get in touch and read, read my articles and things like that yeah brilliant so we put all the notes in uh on the show notes as well so we make notes so people can link through to that and have a look at that um and as soon as you've got a bit of a fresh garden i think at some point when you're ready we're gonna to have to send you some herbs oh that'd be great <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes, no problem at all. they're looking at me and waiting to be planted you know i've got some seeds and um yeah, I've got some lavender ready, but there's so much more I'd like to, to grow. And Have you got one particular thing you're desperate to get in the ground? Probably lemon balm, since <laughs> it's one of my favourite herbs, and I, I'm sort of drinking it from dry herb at the moment. And yeah, I do know the fresh herb is, is so different. <laughs> yeah, very, very different, definitely. And it, what's quite nice about it is it grows so easily. Mm, yeah, and it's you know so many herbs we can use. I mean, it's hay fever season starting soon, so mm. you know if 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 people would drink nettle tea and cleavers and um, elderflower as well, you know it, it, they really work to to reduce these sort of seasonal allergies. Yeah. Oh, I have to tell my wife she suffers with hay fever, uh, which meaning living on a nursery isn't necessarily the best place for her. No, but, uh, yes, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> Definitely, if they do work. You do have to start drinking it, you know, a little bit ahead of the season. So she starts having, you know, hay fever tea now. It can make mm. a big difference. Brilliant. Mm. Well, thank you very much. It's really nice of you to, to come onto the podcast and take some, some time out to have a chat. It's really, really interesting. It's been my pleasure. I'll be happy to speak again soon if uh, you have more questions. Yeah, do. Thank you very much. Thank you. Enjoy enjoy your day. And you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Plants and Me podcast. We'll be back soon. If you can't get enough of all things plant-related, pop over to plants-uk.co.uk. And if you enjoy our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.